0: Chapter number three. Ezekiel chapter number three, verse one, two, to four. Bible said, He said to me, Son of man, eat what you find in this book. Eat the scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll. He said to me, Son of man, eat the scroll that i give you fill your stomach with it then i ate it and it was sweet as it was as sweet as honey in my mouth then he said to me son of man go and get to the house of israel and speak to them with my words here ends the reading of his holy word can you give me john chapter 1 verse 1 through to 5 John chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, hallelujah, let's read it together, ready go, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, let's read it again, ready go, You read it well, but I want it as loud as you can. Ready, go. Father, breathe on your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We are talking about building the right foundation of the word of God. Hallelujah. Building the right foundation of the word of God. Uh, we said that when we don't have foundation, the wind will blow against it, the, the rain will beat at it, and you will have a great loss. Amen. Jesus said, whoever hears my word and does them, I will show you who he is like. He's like a man that builds his house on the rock. Hallelujah. So, we are going back to reinforce the building of our Christianity all over again. Hallelujah. And we want to build on the word of God. And the scripture we just read says everything that I want to say about the word of God. The beginning was what? The word, and the word was with God, and the word was. So, as you read the word, you are reading who? As you read the word, what are you doing? You are interacting with God himself. Hallelujah. Anytime you become somebody who, is, who likes the word of God, who becomes a student of the word, who becomes somebody that falls in love with the word, you are falling in love with God himself. Hallelujah. And the Bible says in Ezekiel that he said to the man, Son of man, eat the scroll that I give you. In other words, don't just read it, but eat it. There's a difference between tasting and eating. Are you with me? When you eat something and by accident you get sick, what comes out is what you ate. Isn't that right? Now, if per chance you get sick right now, what will come out? What comes out is what you are filled with. Are you with me? If somebody crosses you or somebody offends you and a swear word comes out of you, it means that is what has filled you. Mm. When, When somebody, you know, like when something cuts you, some people say, ouch. Some people will swear. Some will say something else. Whatever you say is what you have eaten. Are you with me? When you, you burp or when you, 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 you vomit, whatever you vomit out is what was inside of you. And Ezekiel, he said to him that it's the word. It's the word of God. So that in case you have to vomit, what will come out is the word. Beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God himself. It's unfortunate that the Christian that we have today are not full of the word. They are full of everything else but the word. That is the reason why we are defeated as Christians. That is the reason why we cannot guarantee that our prayers will be answered. That is the reason why our Christian life is very shallow and looks like impotent. Are you with me? Because we haven't eaten. 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 When somebody hasn't eaten, they are light. And when they are light, even the wind can blow them over. You know the wind that was, how many felt the wind this morning? And and if you haven't eaten for a while, and you are walking in the wind, you can easily be blown away. It's getting better, make it better. Amen. How many can understand what I'm saying? Yeah, if you haven't eaten, you are light. Some of us, we haven't eaten, want to go and fight. It will be the most craziest decision you can ever take to try and fight when you are light. But that's what we do. It's like you are trying to fight a heavyweight boxer on a light, empty stomach. What do you know? What word have you got inside of you? What have you eaten to go and fight? You know, the diet of heavyweight boxes is heavy. Uh, I don't know whether I get it. It's heavy because the work they have to do is heavy. In the same way, The work of a heavyweight spiritual boxer must be heavy. Are you with me? I don't fight as one that beats the air, but I fight as one who knows what I'm doing. I don't throw air punches. So I have to be heavy in order to throw the the punch to affect the devil. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That is why you have to eat the scroll you have to eat the word to fill, to fill your stomach and I like what he said Ezekiel said that, it was sweet in my mouth wow. mm, We don't enjoy the word, nah. until you get to a place where the word of God hasn't put you to sleep you haven't started the word yeah. hey. mm. I think it was Ezra he said that he gave me the word to eat at the start it was bitter in my mouth mm. then it became sweet in other words, when you start engaging with the word of God, initially it becomes bitter, but with time it becomes sweet. Uh, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. You see, you have to go through the stage where it starts as bitter and you have to keep going. Have you tried to pray by yourself at home before? It starts difficult. You know, five minutes sounds like two hours. And then you begin to scratch. And you begin to feel itch. You begin because it's bitter at the start. Uh, am Am I talking to somebody? But if you can persist and persevere through it, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Amen. Am I talking to somebody at all? Yeah. In the same way, the word of God, when you start reading, you feel sleepy your eyes will begin to cross. Um, you will feel that you start yawning. It becomes more difficult than uh, even your, your atomic uh, physics. Uh, but you see, the, the, the more you read, the easier it gets. The more you read, the sweeter it becomes. The more you read, the more you get to know who God is. And then it stops being the letter. It becomes the rima. Because now you are interacting with the word of God and it becomes as if God himself is speaking to you. You can see what is written in between the lines. Amen. I gave you about 10 reasons why you have to be a student of the word. Let's rehearse them quickly. How many remember? That's for those who are not here. Number one. Quickly, quickly. What you read and study impacts you. And And I said that if you want to be a lawyer, what you read is what makes you a lawyer. You start by, as a student, isn't it? You read certain certain, uh, subjects that don't matter. Like you have to read history. You have to read, uh, what do you call it? Uh, linguistics or whatever it is then as as you go on you progress into law and then you read different types of law and you become a lawyer if you want to become a doctor you start by just reading uh, different things biology, physics chemistry, maths, whatever and then it goes on and on until you, you start reading medicine and at the end of the day we call you a doctor it's what you read that becomes you am I making sense in the same way, what makes you a mature Christian is what you read. Hallelujah. Let's read on the next one. Is what? Oh, are, are you in church at all? Can you put the, the notes back up? Because they are they are forgetting it, so we can all rehearse together. What did you say? It carries power. To teach, impact, and equip us for daily living. Hallelujah. We all haven't lived this way before. Are you with me? You haven't been this age before. You haven't been where you are before. How would you know what next step to take? The word of God will guide you. Hallelujah. Number three. Regular reading of the word is what? reorient it transforms your thinking hallelujah you are transformed and renewed by the word amen so regular reading of the word will change your mind if your mind hasn't been changed it's because you haven't interacted with the word for a long time if you interact with the word for a very long time it will change the way you think amen next one Everyday Bible reading helps you to take the next, the right step, next step, next one. Reading the Bible gives you courage, is it? It keeps you away from sin. How would a young man keep himself away from sin? By keeping the word of God. David said that the word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Hallelujah. If you hide the word of God in your heart, it will prevent you from sinning. Next one, it helps you to to know God's will. Hallelujah. Next one, it helps us to learn about the gospel. Hallelujah. Next one, it gives us courage. Amen. If you want to become courageous, read the Bible. It will help you. Next one. The word of God helps us to be what? Fruitful. Today I want to talk about, last one is what? Sorry? To be certain of what God is saying. Today I want us to look at how to build a regular Bible reading lifestyle. A regular study lifestyle. Amen. Amen. Number one, read the Bible. Every day. Simples. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall become like a tree, Planted by the rivers of what, water, amen. When you read and meditate, it makes you prosperous. Not only that, it also prevents you. you Say that the the unrighteous are and not so; they are blown away by that by the wind as chaff, amen. But because you your your you meditate in the word of God day and night. It makes your way prosperous. Amen. Number two. You have to become a student of the word. Reading the word doesn't make you a student of the word. Did I say, say, say it correctly? Reading the Bible doesn't make you a student of the word. I'm trying to get you to see. The word I was trying to use an English language, but it didn't come. When it what I'm saying contradicts each other, what's it called? Oxymoron. That's the word I was looking for. It's an oxymoron. In, In other words, I'm saying that reading the word. Doesn't make you a student. Do you understand? How else can you become a student? By reading. Are you with me? By reading the word of God doesn't make you a student of the word. It's studying the word of God that makes you a student. There are two different things. Reading is not the same as studying. A lot of us, we read, but we don't study. There is a difference. Hello. Reading is not the same. You see, go to the library, alright. You went for four hours, but what you went to do was to read, and reading is not the same as studying. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is it Second Timothy two fifteen? As a study to show yourself approved of God a workman that needed not be ashamed but rightly dividing the word of truth when you study you become approved because when you study to study means to question what you are reading to understand what you are reading to give me the, 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 the definition detailed investigation and analysis of a subject or situation to devote time and attention. Oh, take it c- c- slowly so that people can write it down. Definition of study is what? A detailed investigation and analysis of a subject or situation to devote time and attention to gaining knowledge and understanding. Okay. Thank you. So, so it's okay. To study, devote it it requires time. A lot of us do quiet time. That doesn't require time. Mm. For most of us, our quiet time—ten minutes maximum—you are done. Isn't it? You read one verse. And then it's like a little, what do you call it? Five minutes, uh, what do you call it? Description of the verse you wrote, you, you read. And you just pray and off you go. And you say, oh, I have my regular quiet time. No, you read. You don't study. Because study means detailed and it requires time analysis devotion attention you have to ask yourself questions you have to try to see how you can apply what you have read in other scenarios and situations that's why a lot of people fail exams because they don't know how to study they read they don't study reading is not the same as studying hallelujah Hey, this woman, now you want to take my, my, okay. Hmm? Application of the mental faculties to the acquisition. (laughs) Yeah. That is why somebody will come and preach the verse you have read about five times. And it will look as if you haven't read it before. Because you read it, you didn't study it. We are, we are going beyond our normal Christianity into becoming proper Christians am I making sense so I'm taking my time I can preach a, a lot more complex and powerful messages but I told my, my uh, bishop friend that if all I do this year is to strip away the theatrics and get into the proper Christianity for us to understand the foundation of who we are as Christians I would have done a very good job how many agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't teach. We as pastors, we don't teach these things. So most of our congregation, they don't even know who God is. Because we feel that these messages are not deep. But why should I come and impress you with my knowledge and, uh, 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 of the scripture and not teach you how to also acquire knowledge? Hallelujah. They say, give a man a fish. You have only fed him. Teach him how to fish. You have given him a trade for life. So I want to teach you how to fish. Hallelujah. So study. Amen. Next one. How many did I say I was going to give you? I didn't tell you. Okay. Let's go. Number number three is meditate on the word. Studying is not the same as meditation. Isaiah twenty six three. Give me Isaiah twenty six three. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what. Stayed on what? On you. Because he trusts in you. To meditate is to have your mind stayed on God. Hallelujah. Meditation requires concentration. Amen. Meditation requires what? Concentration. You have to concentrate on the word. Look at it carefully. Meditation is mattering what you have read over and over again until it gives you another sense of what you read. Do you know that there are different meanings to the word you have read? When you meditate, then the meanings begin to unfold. Am I making sense? To meditate means to matter. To meditate means to think about it. To meditate means to ponder. What does this verse mean? What is this verse saying to me? Why is this verse here? What is the uh, pretext of the context of the text? What is the pretext of the pretext of the context of the text? Pretext means that what came before the text. Protext means that what was the environment around the text. Context means that what was the text saying? Hallelujah. How many understand what I, what I just said? So why did they say what they said? Where, what, how was the environment like for the text? And what is the text saying? What is the text not saying? Because what the text is saying and what it's not saying are two different things. You can only glean those type of knowledge when you are meditating. Because just a casual read will not bring all these things I'm saying. Am I making sense? And, And even a casual thinking of that text will not bring what I'm saying. You have to take your time. Concentrate. That is why you cannot have you know the phone around or somebody ringing or you know social media around if you really want to study or meditate those things must be far away from you hallelujah and another thing that you need to do in meditation is link with the chief mediator the Holy Spirit himself so before you read the, the word you need to pray Hallelujah. And engage with the Holy Spirit. Tell the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I'm about to read about Jesus. Explain Jesus to me. I'm about to read the word. He says that he was the word, isn't it? God himself is the word. The word was God. I'm about to read God. Explain who you are to me. So prayer is also the next one. So the first one was what? Read number two. Study number three. Number four. Pray. Hallelujah. Number five. Let me give you number five. Sorry guys, I forgot to send you my notes. Number five is... all. Number five is also pray in tongues for a long time. The more you pray in tongues, the more the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. 1 Corinthians 14.4 He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church so the more you pray in tongues the more you edify yourself the more you edify yourself the more you become light enough to understand what you are reading are you with me sometimes the carnality and the stresses of life waste you so much that you cannot even see God remember when Jesus was giving the parable of the sower? He says that some fell among tongues, And the thongs did what? They choked the word. So sometimes what happens is that, you know, you are thinking about the bill that you need to pay tomorrow morning. You know, the landlord is coming. That landlord is very troublesome. He's coming with all his, his issues. And you are trying to re- meditate or you are trying to study the word of God. It's like you are half reading and half worried. How many understand what I'm saying? And you can't concentrate. So the more you pray, the more you rid yourself from some of these things. In Jude verse 20, it says that, Beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith. Praying in what? In the spirit. The more you pray, the more you rid yourself And the more you build yourself spiritually up. Hallelujah. How many understand what I just said? All right. So, with all that said, now we are going to now go delve into studying the Bible. Amen. You see, you would think that there's only one way to study the Bible. Today I'm going to give you 12 different ways of studying the Bible. Is that all right? You see that you haven't started studying the Bible by the time I finish. Number one, devotional method. This is what we all do morning devotion, which is sometimes you use, um, what do you call it, daily bread, uh, what do you call it, light of our path. These days I don't see them. You we were, see, I see, we're designing one. I don't know when it's coming out. Okay, so this year expect Eugene, when are we finishing? I, I don't want this type of Ghanaian is in the pipeline. No, I want it now line. It's like oh, we are putting things in place, you know. We are doing uh, what do you call it? pre-visibility studies we are doing analysis I don't want all that I want it by the end of next month is that okay no you are not writing business case for it hey <laughs> so I want the first at least I want the first month ready you Thank- At least by now the first month should be ready if the first month is ready give it to us for February whatever so select the way to do you select a a short passage of scripture isn't it a short passage and then you meditate on it. And you can write a little note or maybe somebody has written a little summary or note about the word and you read it and you make your own little notes. Hallelujah. That is devotion. You can ask yourself, how do I feel about the scripture I wrote or I read? How did I feel about it? What is the scripture saying to me? Amen. You read through the passage and maybe try to see if you can rephrase the verse bring it into modern, um, what do you call it? Modern life. Because you are not a shepherd. Are you getting what I'm saying? So David is writing in the context of a shepherd. Like Psalm 23. If I'm going to have a, 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 a devotion Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down green past. We we're talking about sheep. And grass. You are not a sheep. You don't eat grass. So how can that scripture be brought into your context in the modern day? So the Lord is my shield. The Lord is the one that looks after me. The Lord is my guardian. Because of him, I will not have need of anything. He gives, he, he gives me uh, rest so that I don't have to worry about what is going to happen to me. He leads me in safe, secured spaces. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm translating the word from a shepherd and a sheep to a student or a worker, a wife, a husband, a father. Am I making sense? Because if you read in the context of a shepherd, you may miss a lot of things. Because for instance, thou anointest my head with oil. If you read in the context of a, a, a shepherd and a sheep, you won't, that won't make sense to you. For instance, the number one enemy of the sheep is... Flies and ticks. Are you with me? And the oil that is rubbed on the sh- on the sheep is supposed to prevent the flies from attacking the sheep. Am I making sense? So if you read it, thou it's that thou anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. That's it's like yes, you have read it. It doesn't it, it it's almost as if it, it doesn't relate to you. But he protects me. He protects my mind. He protects, because the Bible says that Satan is the lord of the flies. So the lord of the flies, the god of flies is Satan himself. So anything, look for that scripture that Satan is the god of, the lord of the flies. Look for it in case you think I'm just making it up. Look for it quickly for me. So you see, the things that attack the sheep are flies am I making sense you have gone quiet so I don't know whether you are following or I have lost you have you found a scripture Matthew 12 24 now when the Pharisees heard of it they said this man does not cast out demons except by what Belzebub, give me the 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 context because Belzebub Be- was the Lord of the Flies. Give me the the version that says that. Re- oh, go on, next one. The ruler of the demons. No, it's, a, it's it's somewhere. Look for it. Look for the version that says the Lord of the Flies. Hallelujah whilst I go on. So, we are talking about devotion, isn't it? Devotional study. How many are changing the way you study? So, don't just read it. Bring it into your context. Amen. Bring it into your world. Let, let the Bible come alive to you. Number two type of study is chapter summary method. We said we're going to do that recently, isn't it? Uh, Pastor Glenn, when are we starting? We'll give the whole church a chapter and we'll study the Bible club. So let's say we are doing John chapter 1 is our study. What you do is you read a whole chapter and you summarize the chapter to yourself. How do I understand the chapter? What, does, what is the chapter saying? If I'm to rewrite the chapter in maybe 10 lines, what would I write? Amen. What you write the first are The major points of the chapter. Because there are some parts of the chapter that may not be major points, but certainly there are certain parts that are major points, isn't it? Make a list of the most important people in the in chapter if there are people. Why are you including what you are including in the chapter? Maybe a verse in the whole chapter summarizes the chapter. What verse is that? See, all this is required time. You can't do it in just five minutes. I, I'm not making sense. Because sometimes, really, to summarize something very well, how many did summary in school? You will have to read about five times, isn't it? You have to read the context about five times and then start putting a few questions, and as you answer the question, you summarize the whole thing. Amen. List any difficulties that you may have encountered in the chapter, such as statements you don't understand, keywords. Look for other verses that may help clarify the chapter. Finally, or chapter bible number 3 character study method so you take a character in the bible like david i want to learn about david so i'm going to start reading everything that the bible says about david immediately you go into first samuel isn't it first samuel second samuel first chronicles and the psalms that gives you who the guys because there are a lot of things that David, represented David that was not written in his description but it was written in his speech or in his prayer or praise or worship do you understand what I'm saying? for instance there was nowhere in the Bible that says that David was such a lover of God that he would rather be in the house of God than anywhere else there is nowhere in 1 Samuel of second Samuel, of uh, 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 chronicle, First Chronicle or Second chronicle that you will see that. But he says, "As the deer pants after the water brook, so my soul pants after you." You can only feel that by reading the Psalms. So, if you are doing a character study of David, you have to visit the Psalms. You have to go to to even to Proverbs, to see what Solomon said about his father. Am I making sense? Because you want to know who the man is. Have you ever read a biography of anybody? Most of the time, biographies especially important times, are very, very thick. Because what the description of the person, those who are close to him, what they said about him, and what the man himself said, what he says, says more about who he is. Am I making sense? So a character study is not something you do. It may take you a couple of months to finish the character study of David David was a very interesting character if I recommend you studying David Solomon is another interesting character because you see the two sides of the guy he was a preacher, he was a priest at the same time he was a hobonger You know, I said that we're going to have a, a, what do you call it? Marriage seminar. And I said, ten people you must not marry. Ten men you must not marry. And ten women you must not marry. Number one man you must not marry is David. Oh, not, 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 not David. no, no. (laughs) Solomon you must not marry Ahab you must not marry there are ten of them and ten girls you must not marry Delilah you must not go near her Nabal is one of them hallelujah yeah you see and you only find those things after you've done a character study when you do a character study of the person you will see that David was a narcissist when you think about it how do you see somebody's wife (laughs) having a bath and you send because for him to have sent for that woman means he was told that this woman belongs to somebody else he said, I don't care. Bring her to me. My gratification is more important than and he said, This is your chief bodyguard. He's fighting in the battle for you. I don't care. What I want is what I want. Everybody else can go to hell. If you marry a narcissist, your life will be miserable. And you see, when he finished, he presented himself as a victim. He put sackcloth on him and ashes on himself. And he was crying as if somebody had offended him. And he was the one who was was offending people. He had gone to, not only has he raped this girl, he has uh, uh, killed the husband. You know what it means to rape somebody and kill the person's husband? That is the David in the Bible. The one that God says is a man after my heart. So be careful when you're criticizing somebody because of something they've done. You'll be amazed that that is the person God likes. Uh, We'll talk about that at the marriage seminar. Let's go on. Next one. I'm just trying to tease you. It's my time up. Let me give you one. We'll continue next week. I have 12 to give. Number four. Thematic Bible study thematic bible study means that a theme like marriage or investment anything you at all you can think about you can take a theme that i want to study on this theme Hallelujah. So select a theme to study. It it is generally shorter than a a topical study. Because a topical is a whole topic. Theme is just one. It's a subset of a topical. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. In a topical study, you should examine each possible verse that relates to such a topic, including sub- Themes, but in the thematic, it's just one theme, so you study that theme, and that's it. All right, then number five for today the last one biographical study. So, the biography of a person, how is it different from character now? the biography is different from character because character is everything about the person. Biography is what was written about him. Are you getting what I'm saying? What was written about the biography of the person. What was written about the person. How can you get to know this person better? I want to get to know Jesus better. Who was Jesus? So that is the biography of Jesus. I want to go. So, what was written about him? I wouldn't necessarily read what he said. The answer because that's the character. I don't want to really. I want to get to know his personality. For instance, he didn't have a, a, a home. He says, uh, "What do you call a bed? Have nest? But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head." And uh, uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, is a description of, of Jesus. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed. Are you with me? That, 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 is, that is a biography of Jesus. He was anointed by God, he went about doing good. Healing everybody that was oppressed or sick. Hallelujah. Because God was with him. That's it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's not what he said, what he did. Character is more detailed. Biography is like the summary of the person. Have you learned something? So which which one of the five do you do you favor more? <laughs> there are more. We'll talk about. There are twelve of them. Should I list them for you? No, oh, no. We'll come back. If I list you, won't come. But when we finish, I'll give you an assignment is that okay yeah. because i want you to become a student of the word of god stand to your feet let's pray